Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Why is plastic so bad for the environment? Yeah. First of all, plastic is everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Even in places that you don't think about it. It's in your clothes, things that are made from synthetic fibers, polyester. It has microplastics in it. Right. And those microplastics, they're in our oceans. They're in the water that we drink now. They are everywhere. Everywhere. And plastic does not biodegrade. It's not Mm going to go away. It's going to be there for thousands of years. And that's what's clogging our landfills. It's what's in our oceans. And that's ultimately why plastic is such a huge problem. And in conjunction with that, it's also made from fossil fuels which is one of the leaders of the whole climate change problem in the first place. Yeah. So kind of a two-pronged issue there. Made from something that's polluting, and then the end result is something that is polluting and not going away in our environment. Today on the show, I am so excited to introduce you to Morgan Cook of Mostly Eco Morgan. I love Morgan's story because she started out by studying fashion in New York City. She ended up learning a ton about the environmental and ethical issues within the fashion industry and became really conflicted about her dream of pursuing fashion. So after a stint in HR, she decided to launch her blog, Mostly Eco Morgan. I can't wait to share her story with you. Additionally, we talk all about sustainable living and how to use less plastic. Admittedly, using less plastic is probably the hardest thing that our family has to deal with. It's so hard to really get down to very minimal plastic usage. So I think you're going to love the tips that she shares with you. So here we go. Welcome to the show, Morgan. We're so, so excited to have you here today. Thank you, Caroline. I'm so excited to be here and talk about all the eco things. All the eco things. Well, for people who are not following you yet, could you please just introduce yourself quickly to our listeners? Tell us a little bit about you. Of course. So my name is Morgan. I am the creator behind the blog and social media channels, mostly Eco Morgan. If you cannot tell by the name, I talk mostly about eco things. The key behind that, that mostly part is I'm really all about progress over perfection. So I'm all about sharing practical, sustainable living tips. I don't ever want my audience to feel like they have to do every single tip I share. Take what you need, do what works for you. Don't do what doesn't work for you. And that's okay. So really all about just empowering people to do what they can to help solve the climate crisis. Yeah, that's so good. And I think I am such a black and white person. And so I have such a hard time. I feel like you are like thriving in the do what you can progress over perfection. And I feel like I personally struggle with everything I share has to be so like I have to be the example like it everything has to be paleo or seed oil free or like all the things that I stand for. And so I love that you are offering people 
lots of solutions and you're not saying everyone has to compost or you're not saying everyone has to do this. You're like, I'm going to offer you a million things and you choose the best things that work for you. So I really appreciate that perspective. So I would love to hear how you started Mostly Eco Morgan and yeah, how did you get where you are today? Yeah. So Mostly Eco Morgan actually started as a completely kind of different project. I started blogging in early 2020. And I actually started the blog with one of my friends. So it was originally called The Green Freaks. And so we just both had this interest in sustainability. We happened to work at the same company at the time. And that's how we met. And we were like, let's do something with this mutual interest that we have. So we started our blog beginning of 2020. As we all know, things got really weird in 2020. We took a little bit of a break. She decided to go a different direction with her career, which is super exciting for her. I took a little break from the blog myself. I work in HR as my day job and 2020 as an HR professional was insane. (laughs) Yeah. I took a little break being in kind of this unprecedented time. And then later that year in October, I was kind of like, I miss doing this. I still have this interest in Mm. sustainability. Mm -hmm. I have this desire to do something a little bit more creative. Let me try doing it myself. So I rebranded as Mostly Eco Morgan and kind of launched, relaunched my blog, relaunched my Instagram page and started doing it as myself. And the real difference between how we started it and what it became when I relaunched it was we were struggling with feeling like we had to be perfect and like you've alluded to before we started recording, feeling like everything we shared had to be perfectly eco-friendly. We had to be the right. Yep. And I was like, that's just not practical. I'm not going into that that way. Like I'm not going into this new relaunched endeavor with that same mindset because I'm going to burn out really quickly. And it's really stifling to like, I shared Chick-fil-A on my page like four or five years ago and was just like, my kids are at Chick-fil-A. We're at Chick-fil-A. We're in the South. It's a thing. And it's like the only fast food we went to. And someone sent me a message like, how dare you? It's like a slap in the face to LGBTQ people, all these things. It's like terrible for you and your kids. I'm like, guys, like we have to share all of our lives. You know what I mean? Like we have to make this attainable that we eat paleo at home and we eat this out. Or there was this one time I had to get this thing in plastic. Like it has to be attainable. And for you too, you, it's stifling to feel like you have to be perfect all the time. So I really appreciate that you've given yourself the grace to be like, this is my working theory now. This is what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. It might grow and change. And guess what? We're humans. (laughs) So it's going to grow and change. (laughs) Exactly. That's so good. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, that's really how it became what it is today. I just really felt like it was important to come at the climate crisis, which is a really scary and big and important topic. And I felt like there needed to be more voices that were approaching it in an attainable, positive, kind of humorous way, because that's how we get people to want to participate in things. It's not by scaring them, it's by making them feel like they have the power to do something and I make sure. them laugh. Like that's yeah, no, really and you're so good at that. Page. Yes, no, you're so good at that. I like crack up at every single <laughs> reel. Well, July is Plastic Free July, so I want to chat for a second about plastic. And first, I do want to chat about why is plastic so bad for the environment? Yeah, first of all, plastic is everywhere. 
Yeah, everywhere. even in places that you don't think about it, it's in your clothes, things that are yeah. made from synthetic fibers, polyester, it has microplastics in it. Right. And those microplastics, they're in our oceans, they're in the water that we drink now, they are everywhere. Everywhere. And plastic does not biodegrade. It's not mm-hmm. going to go away. It's going to be there for thousands of years. And that's what's clogging our landfills. It's what's in our oceans. And that's ultimately why plastic is such a huge problem. And in conjunction with that, it's also it's made from fossil fuels, which is one of the leaders of the whole climate change problem in the first place. Yeah. So kind of a two-pronged issue there. Made from something that's polluting, and then the end result is something that is polluting and not going away in our environment. Yeah, it's terrible. And especially all of our single-use plastics, because of the way that the oceans flow, there's just like a Texas-sized mass of plastics in the oceans. And so it's just a huge problem. Of I feel like of all the trash, plastics are the biggest problem. So what are some ways that you suggest using less plastic in our homes? And let me just say, before you answer this question, I feel like this is one, of, I feel like our household does a lot of things great in the eco-friendly, sustainable world, but using less plastics has definitely been the hardest thing for us. We're probably doing a lot of the tips you're about to share, but then I still feel like we have this plastic film that's everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can't wait to hear your tips for using less plastic in the home. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with again because plastic is everywhere it is such an integral part of society at this point and my biggest tip at least when you're starting to think about reducing your plastic waste is first look at where is your single use plastic where is most of that single use plastic in your life Mm -hmm. for a lot of people that's going to be in their food in their kitchen because we can't control a lot of the time what our groceries come in also in like hair care products skincare products this is definitely very woman, female oriented, but yes. makeup, all of that kind of stuff, a lot right. of plastic involved. So I would start by thinking about where most of your single use plastic is, mm. and then think about which aspect of your life you want to start with changing, mm-hmm. which don't do it all. Don't do your cleaning products <laughs> in your skin. Yeah. And yeah. Like, don't do all that at once. That's overwhelming. That's just, sure. you don't want to participate at all. For me, I think one of the first things I started with was my cleaning products. Didn't have so pick one part of your life and identify the things that that you could change. A huge emotional tie to my cleaning products. That right, I was using. that's like so my true. Here, my hair care. I was like, I really like these products. Yeah, totally. I'm ready to change them yet, but my cleaning products. I was like, yeah, I don't really care. So, finish what you have first. Don't just throw away your cleaning products. I know, that's, right? Defeats the purpose. Finish what you have first and start to look at the alternatives. There's a lot of really great reusable alternatives out there now. And yes, sometimes they do cost a little bit more money up front. The first thing that comes to mind is people use a lot of Ziploc baggies. Mm. They make reusable ones now, the silicone yeah. ones. There's a bunch of different brands. Yeah. Some of them are kind of expensive. You're like, oh, what do I really want to pay $20 for Ziploc bag, like I get it. But I mean, I will say we use stasher bags and we've used them for years and years and years. I want to say we've had some of these bags for 10 years and they last forever. They last forever and they're cute and I like them. And one thing that people don't know about those, about like stasher bags, silicone bags is 
you can, because silicone is glass, first of all, that's something that a lot of people don't know. Silicone is really basically just like rubbery glass. And so you can microwave them if that's your thing. You can put them in the oven. So like some of the best fajitas that I make are you marinate in the bag and then you stick them in the oven. Like you can... So there's, oh, I know, I, need that recipe from I you. know, no one knows, no one knows. Yeah. So it's on the blog. So we'll link the stasher bags and that recipe in the notes, but I do feel like they're way more versatile than like single use Ziploc bags because with Ziploc bags, it can't be hot. That's just gross. That's going to be toxic for your body. It has to be cold, like room temperature, cold stuff. And then you just throw it away. It really is mind boggling. You just throw it away. Yeah. So I love silicone baggies and you can also get little like, I like them like so much less, but they're like fabric on the outside and waterproofy on the inside, mm -hmm. almost like a wet bag. You can get those yep. too. I like them a lot less, but they're definitely cheaper. That's a super good tip. I feel like that was one change that you make and that change too, you make once and it's done, which is really nice. Yeah. You're good to go. And yeah. I think a lot of things like water bottles, mm -hmm. jars, like other things that you're using for storage, you can find them at thrift shops. You don't even have yes. to get them, you know, new and they can be really, really cheap and affordable. Yeah. So that's how I believe you should approach Plastic Free July. I almost want to call it less Plastic July. Right. Because... It would be really hard. <laughs> I know. I'm like tempted. I'm like tempted to try. I feel like the area for us, for sure, that is hardest is groceries. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so much comes in plastics. Like even if you're getting yep. crackers in a box that's recyclable and cardboard, I feel like there's always the inner plastic. And so I will say we started using Ridwell, which is a newer company. Have you heard of them? I have not. Oh my gosh. What city are you in? I forget. Chicago. Oh, okay. So actually they might have it. So it started kind of on the West Coast. It's in Denver. And we, I just have this cute metal box on my front doorstep and they will take flimsy plastics that can't be recycled. And so that's the biggest reason that we use them. They will take clothing that has stains or holes that you can't donate. And so they'll recycle that clothing or, and they'll take plastics and the batteries and light bulbs. And then they also have a featured category every single time they pick up. And so this time it's like prom dresses, like formal clothes they'll take. So anyway, that has made me feel a lot better. I still don't think it's perfect. And I still think I really want to minimize my plastic and groceries. And I'm also on this mission to get to know my farmers more. And so it's this twofold for me, like getting groceries in person instead of, I love grocery delivery, but I just, then there's bags and stuff. Natural Grocers does a great job of just putting it in a box, which I love, but using the reusable bags and then also farmer's markets. I feel mm -hmm. like you can go to a farmer's market, bring your reusable bag and leave with zero plastic. So I feel like that's my summer plan. <laughs> that's my, I love that. That's yeah. a great summer plan. And Everything's wrapped in plastic. Yeah, I can totally commiserate with you over that. I mean, groceries <laughs> are definitely the hardest thing for us. And I've been very cognizant about how I introduce the people in my life to sustainable living. And I don't mm. like to force it on anyone, right. including the boy that I moved in with yeah. two years ago. It was... I was just getting into all of this and I didn't want to be like, you have to stop using the product that mm. you use. It was like, we're going to 
do this together. I'm going to make suggestions when we're going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to look for more plant-based meals to make. And when it's your week to make food, make whatever you want. I'm not going to tell you not to use meat. I'm not going to tell you to buy everything in bulk or something like you get to do what you still want. But going to the grocery store is such a delicate balance because it also gets expensive to go to the farmer's market. I know. So realistically, I mean, we don't shop at the farmer's market every right, week. Like we'll right, do it exactly. once a month, but otherwise you got to get the strawberries in the plastic container sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's got to be that way. You can't beat yourself up about it. If you can avoid the plastic film, I don't put any of my produce in the plastic film. Oh, I'm no. going to wash it right. all when I get home. Right, right, right. no need. Yeah. If you can find a way to reuse those clamshell containers, they're nice for like gifts or something. Mm-hmm. You just put like a bow on it. Find a way yeah, to reuse cute. the things that you can. Right. But don't feel like if you buy something in plastic at the grocery store, that's the end of the world. It's on the companies who produce the product right. to change their packaging. And I think the yes. best thing you can really do as the consumer is obviously vote with your wallet when you can and buy the more sustainable thing. But when that's not an option is calling these companies out, whether that's writing them letters and saying, I'd love to see this in a different type of packaging, whether it's tagging them on social media and saying, Mm -hmm. I see those potatoes wrapped in plastic all the time. And I don't know what company does that, but but also why like this? Yeah. Why? And also the poor people who will number one, microwave their potatoes. Who does that? And number two, I'm being so judgmental, whatever, do whatever you want. But that sounds so gross to me. And also like in the plastic microwaving a baked potato, not even baked microwaving a potato in plastic. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Just makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. No, that's so true. And also I feel like most municipalities at this point are recycling hard plastics. So that's at least good. Like throw, clean out the plastic before you recycle it, throw it in the recycling. Yeah, that's definitely, those are some really great tips. And I wanted to mention, we switched to branch basics for cleaning products and it does feel expensive. Like it's like an, not even that expensive buy-in, but like you're buying, I like the glass bottle. So I got those, but I mean, you have this cleaner concentrate and it goes so far like it's like fill Mm -hmm. it this much up with water for the glass cleaner and put in a drop a literal Mm -hmm. drop for the glass cleaner and so i do feel like at the end of the day it ends up being way cheaper over the course of your like buying cleaning products lifetime it's so much cheaper in the long haul for sure so let's move into more sustainable living in general because this is your jam so what is that really mean to you? What does sustainable living mean to you personally? That's a great question. I think to me, I feel like this echoes what I said earlier, but it really just means being intentional and thinking about reducing waste in your life or not even reducing waste, but doing what you can to help fight the climate crisis. Sometimes that's not reducing waste in your own life. Sometimes that's going to protest. Sometimes that's Mm. sending emails. Sometimes that's being more politically active, which we need both. We need both of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. But to me, it just really means doing what you can do, doing what is meaningful to you. For Mm -hmm. some people who love to hike and love to travel, they're sustainable living is going to look a lot more outdoorsy. It's going to look like a lot more of doing park cleanups or ocean cleanups Mm -hmm. or learning about the environment or 
someone like me who lives in a city and yeah. doesn't have as much access to all the outdoor space. Mm -hmm. It's reducing the waste in my own life, reducing what I'm purchasing and being very intentional about my purchases. I think it just depends on the person. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. And I feel like most of the time, I feel hopeful about climate change. Maybe that's naive and dumb. <laughs> I don't but think I, so. <laughs> I just feel like I am like, okay, I can do it. We can do it. And I do think, unfortunately, maybe it's going to take some growing pains from our earth in general and some, it's going to take some pain to create real change. So I feel like in general, I feel hopeful. But when I'm not feeling hopeful, I feel like my thought process is, my negative thought process spiral is basically like, ugh what I'm doing personally isn't even helping. I feel like it has to be this like world change. It has to be this governmental change. It has to be like what you were saying, companies choosing to change their packaging, to change their shipping to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what is your argument for like personal responsibility? Mm -hmm. Like when you're yeah. encouraging someone, this actually makes an impact. What do you say to people? Yeah, it's very valid. This is a much debated topic within the sustainability right. space. Does the yeah. individual action really matter? And obviously, mm -hmm. I feel strongly that it does. Right. And the reason is, if you feel like as a person, you can do something, a little thing about climate change, then you're going to talk to other people about what you have done to reduce mm -hmm. your impact. And yeah. that person may start doing something in their life and they may talk to somebody else about mm. it. And the more people that we have talking about it, the more people we have thinking about it, mm -hmm. the more pressure that there's going to be on our government, the more pressure mm. there's going to be on our companies. Because again, supply and demand, companies are going to produce what people want. And if yeah. people are demanding more sustainable products, if right. they are demanding things that are going to last longer, then eventually we're going to see that shift. We're getting there. If you think about how often you talked about climate change, even just five years ago, right. it is dramatically less than I think people yeah. talk about it today. Absolutely. And I think a lot of that comes from people becoming aware, becoming educated. And again, going back to the individual action, I just, I don't think it's enough to just sit back and say, okay, this is a much bigger problem. I'm going to let other people deal with it. I yeah. think if you, other people need to deal with it too. But I yes. think if you say, I can do these one or two or three things every day that will help, then mm. it's going to make you feel a little bit better yourself. It's going to get rid yeah. of some of that eco-anxiety. And there's one statistic. And actually, I think I have it because I just wrote this article the other day from the U.S. Food and Agriculture Organization, if everyone in the U.S. ate no meat or cheese just one day a week, it would have the same environmental impact as taking 7.6 million cars off the road. One oh day a week. Oh my gosh. Just one day. Sure. You're yeah. not vegan. You're not vegetarian. Yeah. That's a huge impact. And if we all do those small things, that's the kind of impact that can result from it. Yeah. I think about the fact that there are like what close to 8 billion people on the planet. And so when you think of yourself as one out of 8 billion, it does feel like that's a very small impact. But when you think about if 8 billion people did one thing a day, 
that's a ton of change. That's a ton, a ton of change. And I've been getting more and more involved in the regenerative agriculture space, which I know you're plant-based. It can be plant-based regenerative agriculture, carbon capture through this, like uh, through the soil and all of these things. And so definitely agree that the capos, the feeding lots are absolutely atrocious and contributing to climate change. And especially it's, I'm in this interesting space where I'm like, we're eating this like regeneratively raised meat and it's actually negative carbon for the planet. And I feel really great about that, but it's so expensive and a lot of people can't afford it right now. And so if your choice is between animal feed lot meat or plant-based, plant-based is definitely the eco-friendly option. And so that's a crazy stat. That's crazy. I know. It's my favorite one. I just feel like it illustrates yeah. my point. That, yes. That yeah. Individual actions can have an impact and mm. you don't have to completely have your life yeah. be 180 in sure. order to do that. So. And to and to create change, even on a singular level or a family level, that's so good. I know you have millions and millions of tips for sustainable living, but before we wrap up here, I want to know what are some of your either like your favorite sustainable living tips that you feel like are really are like fun for you that you enjoy, or maybe what are some things that you feel like people are most likely to take up in their lives? Sure. So my favorite tip is really like basic and that is using old cotton t-shirts to cut up and make into reusable like cotton rounds for for removing your makeup or applying toner or whatever you use cotton balls for normally. Yeah, that's so good. It's like my favorite. It's so simple and honestly not that exciting and they actually start to look really gross after a while but sure (laughs) yeah absolutely like really yeah I just think that's so easy and so simple you can use them for rags you don't use cotton balls for your face right but that's one of my favorite ones something that I'm experimenting with right now that I think is really fun especially with kind of the extra time that some people not all people some people have now with work from home I know some people it's yeah. a little bit more insane, but uh, is growing some of my own food and starting to experiment with that and green onions. That's the first yes. thing that I regrew. Like you buy green onions at the store. You can usually already see like where their roots are coming off and you just replant those, put them in water, let them grow. You can replant them. Yeah. And, you'll have and you're saying onions. you use most of the green part and then you're just replanting exactly. the bulb. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So um, cool. And there's tons of different vegetables you can do that with. And I'm also experimenting. I just bought some actual seeds. Just try to start growing yes. seedlings. We'll see how that goes. Yes. <laughs> that go very well. But right. That's just something that I find really fun to do. Maybe not everybody will find that fun. But yeah. identifying those things within the sustainability space that you enjoy fashion. If you really mm. love fashion, like thrifting could be something that you'll really Mm -hmm. thrive on right and just identifying those things that make it fun for you that make it enjoyable if you Mm. find things that are draining you 
Mm. Don't do them. Don't do yeah. them because you're going to stop altogether. Um, yeah, that's so true. I, yeah, like, we I use, know what's happened to me. <laughs> we use the website Thread Up. I'll put a link in the show notes for, especially for my kiddos. I'll do it for me, but kiddos are just, I feel like at least my kiddos, it's easy. They're just like a size seven. I feel like I could be one of like 10 sizes. They are just like size seven and it's so easy. It's so universal. And so it's oh. essentially like a Goodwill, but with so much inventory that you can absolutely find the brands that you want, you can find. And so it's a good way to like thrift without feeling like you still also can't find what you want and express yourself in the ways that you want. And so we love thread up for the kids and I will get like 20 things and it's like, hundred dollars. It's just so inexpensive as well. And especially for kids, they just grow out of it so fast that yeah. I feel like thrifting is like, I like it for myself, but I like it even more for my kiddos for sure. That's so fun. And we started planting, we have a garden bed now, which is really fun. And my arugula, we just harvested and put on pizza. And I seriously was eating every bite. Like we did this. <laughs> like It's so fun to grow your own food. I, yeah, it's just so, it's so much more fun than I think that you would anticipate. Yeah. <laughs> I did try seedlings and I'll give you a tip because this went wrong for me. Okay. It might be a Colorado thing. Colorado growing is so different than like we used to live in Georgia and like our compost pile was growing stuff. Like everything just grows all the time. <laughs> but I ended up having to get a grow light bulb that you mm -hmm. can put in a lamp in order to make sure that my seedlings grew and they wouldn't grow without it. So if you feel like these okay. things just aren't sprouting, try the grow light. And my friend gave me the tip, like sometimes if you're getting the grow lights, like you're buying the actual grow lamps, they're more expensive, but you can just get a light bulb and then you can go thrift a lamp for super cheap and just put the bulb in it. So oh, that's, that's such a good tip. I yeah, so, that. so, so that's what we did. <laughs> yeah, so that's really fun. But yeah, growing your own food and especially the things like green onions and also like romaine lettuce you can regrow. And also I'm trying to think of other things to tell people like celery, you can do it. It just like restarts and then you just plant it again. Because if you think about it, all of these plants are things that you're like, where are the seeds? <laughs> like how do these yeah. things regrow? They're all in the base there. So when you plant them, they just regrow. So crazy. Yeah. That's so fun. Side too. Sorry, I yeah. to you a little bit. Uh, I was gonna say you can also do a lot of those inside, which like yep. me, I'm an apartment dweller. I yep. don't have a huge outdoor space. I can do a lot of that just on my windowsill or on yep. my balcony. And even and just it's in pots. Super easy. Yeah. yeah, just in pots. Like it's so it's, fun. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. And I just feel like there's something to I basically live in a jungle. I have like 10 plants. Anytime my husband's like, what can I get you? I'm like, either nothing or a plant. Like those are your two options. And I, there's something to be said about like bringing nature inside. Like I just love my plants so much. I have a ZZ plant that has like three new little sprouts and I am just obsessed with it. It makes me so happy. I feel like I'm like succeeding at life when my plants <laughs> can actually grow. Same. So I think that's a fun, 100%. I think that's a fun tip. Okay. So let me ask you the questions that I ask every single person at the end of an interview. So at the end of your life, when you're looking back, what will a successful life look like to you? Okay. I think obviously if we're still living on a comfortably habitable planet, I will be extremely pleased. But, you know, I think on a more personal note, I think if I can just look back and feel like I've had a lot more 
laughter and spread a lot more laughter and happiness and sadness, I will feel very good. I feel Mm. very content. I think as I've gotten older and realized what is important, I've realized how important it is to enjoy the people you surround yourself with Mm. and to lift them up and to feel lifted up by them. So that is something that I would just be like, yep, I lived a good life if I Mm. felt like there was a lot of laughter, a lot of connection in my life. Yeah, I love that so much. So the next question is a two-parter. So what is something in your life you feel like you have been intentional about? And then what's something that you would like to grow in and be more intentional about in the future? Okay. So first part, something that I have been intentional in. I would say I'm intentional in a lot of things because I'm a planner, but I would say recently, like my career, I've Mm -hmm. had a little bit of an unorthodox career path, I would say. I went to school to study fashion, to mm-hmm. work in the fashion industry. That was what I wanted to do since I was in middle school. And so a lot of intention there right. and learned a lot about the fashion industry. And that's actually what perpetuated my interest in sustainability was how many environmental issues there were within so the many. industry. Yes. And so from there, I then wasn't as intentional with my career because I was like, I don't really know what I want to do now. Mm-hmm. And ended up going into human resources and just kind of fell into this role. And I love human resources. It's such an interesting field to be in, but I didn't really try to get there. And then Mm. when I decided to start this blog, it was a very intentional step to say, okay, I have this career, but I have this other interest. How can I make that part of my life and Mm. be a little bit more multifaceted and have a little bit more of a passion for what I'm doing as opposed to something that I just fell into and was like, hey, this is cool. So I think my career and just this blog in general is something I've been very intentional about the past couple of years, um, crafting it and working it into my life in a way that I feel like works for me. Yeah, Um, so good. Second part of the question, something I would like to be more intentional about. So I would say I've been working on this for probably like three or four years now. And that is my wardrobe. So obviously Mm. I mentioned I went to school. I wanted to work in fashion. I've always had like a love for clothing and definitely had a fast fashion problem years ago. But coming out of that has been a struggle. And I used to just, I would just buy things for fun. I'd online shop for fun. I was a young professional with a disposable income very privileged and I just spent my money on clothes and I've learned a lot more about the impact of clothing since then and so I'm working on being a lot more intentional about what I purchase if I do purchase something how am I purchasing it am I thrifting it am I buying it from a sustainable brand am I renting it am I borrowing it Mm-hmm. Anything I can do before it's just buying a new piece from a brand that, that I've known for a while. That's something that I'm definitely working on. I think I'm getting better at, but mm-hmm. it's I'm a sure process. Attempted to, yes. to be more intentional. And it's it's yeah. hard. It's hard. It is really hard in a society that's really 
taught us that we need to be buying new mm-hmm. clothes constantly and that we need yeah. to keep up with trends and that our clothes are disposable. Yeah. You know, they shouldn't be. <laughs> they should not be. No. No, I think that's so good. And I, I appreciate your take. I hope that that comes into more of mostly Eco Morgan because it is such an important topic. And it's easier here in Colorado because we can just put on Patagonia or like companies that are doing mm-hmm. really great things and everyone is casual all the time. And so there's a lot of brands in that space that I feel like are doing really cool things. Even companies like Athleta, sure, they're owned by Gap, but it's a B corporation and they will tell you like which products use less water, which is an aspect of it. There's a lot of great companies in the casual space. I do feel like where I struggle more is in the nicer clothes category because Mm -hmm. I'll find a brand and be like, oh my gosh, this is, or I'll need something for like a family photo shoot. And I'm like, okay, I want this dress. It's $350. Like they literally bought land in India, like regenerated the land. Now it's growing cotton sustainably. And like, it's like such a good product. And it's like, but it's $350. And then I'm like, this is next week. I'm just getting this thing from Old Navy or J. Crew or whatever. So I do feel like it just takes so much more like planning and then it takes saving and then it takes like it's a lot more effort I feel like it to buy new things that especially that are really nice but I do think there's ways around it like thrifting like thread up there are ways to do it and then also too I mean the last thing I'll say about fashion is just I've started to capsule wardrobe, which I'm sure would be harder for someone who like loves fashion I'm sure you have a lot in your closet but finding things that like I really, really, really love that make me feel beautiful and wonderful and fabulous. And then having less of those things like that's helpful for me. And I also just feel like it's easier for my brain. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to put this dress on and I know it looks great and I'll feel confident. And so that's easier for me than having a million things. I think it's easier for most people. To yeah. Be honest. But, yeah, but like, we don't realize. Yeah, but we, we don't think, realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't because like I said, we've been conditioned to believe that we need all of these things in order right. to be acceptable to society. And that's just not sure. true. So yeah, that's I so mean, good. thrifting and renting and borrowing, just mm-hmm. try to do it as much as you can. Yeah, I know absolutely. it's a struggle sometimes. And yeah, sometimes you got to make a fast fashion purchase and it's right. not the end of the world. Not but the end of the world. Let's try not to do $500 fast fashion sheet hauls. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. What we need more of. That is not what we need. Yeah. And then I do feel like as this, just with anything, as with anything else, there's a learning curve. And I do feel like I've, once you vet it, once you have vetted brands for whatever it is, whether it's like the food that you're eating and the, and like the pre-made sauces that you're buying, or it's the fashion, like I have my favorite brands. Like I love Able. I can drop a link in the show notes. They're like employing women who wouldn't otherwise be employed to make the clothes and all the things. So there are companies that I love. And then I do find if I do need something, I have my links that I know where to go. And that makes it easier for me. It's like a lot less overwhelming once you you've found those places and you can kind of go back to them in every regard, in every area of your life, which is kind of like my whole world and my whole job. It's just like, I'll do the research for you. Just come here and (laughs) we'll make it easier for you. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Morgan. Where can people connect with you more? Yeah, so they can find me on my blog, mostlyecomorgan.com or on TikTok and Instagram. Handle is at mostlyecomorgan. Yeah. Awesome. Well, until next time, thank you so much for being here. All right. Thanks so much, Caroline. This was so much fun. 
I am so motivated to use less plastic in our lives and I'm just so thankful for the tips that Morgan shared with us here on this podcast. Additionally, be sure to head to her Instagram. I love her reels and her tips for living a more sustainable life. Additionally, any of the resources that we mentioned in this podcast episode, which is a lot, are in the show notes, so be sure to check them out there. Can't wait to see you guys next week. 